kind of take you through this whole process and what that looks like for us with Foundation Group. Um, and so I, you know, main session-wise, I obviously share with you guys, hey, the premarital process is, is huge. It's great to be able to talk with them through, hey, here's some of these things that you're going to be walking through as couples. What we've found is those couples who do go through our merge program here, they'll say, man, we're, that's invaluable. We're excited we had that to walk through. But honestly, like, we needed people to walk with us through once the real bullets started flying. And, and so as far as the difference in what's taught, I mean, you look at merge, you look at foundation group, you look at re-engage. I mean, a lot of those things are similar as far as the marriage, you know, the content of what's being shared. Um, but each one of those kind of serves in a, kind of a different purpose. And so when you look at a foundation group, um, you know, it really is neat to see uh, not just a mentor couple come alongside these couples, but for other couples uh, who are in that same stage of life to be able to start to come alongside one another in the midst of these groups. Um, and, and so with us, for foundation groups, these are, our foundation groups exist um, here to help establish newly married couples for a lifetime of oneness and ministry in the context of Christ-centered community. So I think, um, you know, for us, we, I came on staff about three years ago. So back in 2012 was when I came on staff here at Watermark, and they've been doing these groups since way back in 2005. Okay, so they've been, we've been doing these for about 10 years. Um, during that time, we've done uh, probably around three, I'm trying to think of how many groups we've done. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, like the number of couples that God just kind of continues to bring here. Um, and, and so uh, what was started, like I, didn't, I don't get any kind of credit for starting this. I'm kind of just piggybacking on kind of what already was there. And so when I got here in 2012, um, these groups, I, I went to our community team and I just said, hey, tell me about these foundation groups, as they're, as they're starting to come into community, um, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what are you noticing about them? And, and so one of the things they said, they said, hey, we feel like the mentor couple is doing a great job of shepherding these couples, but the couples aren't doing well at kind of shepherding one another well. And so for me, I was going, okay, that, that's, that's huge, right? Because if, if we're wanting these groups uh, to walk through this time together and at the end of a foundation group, if we want them to continue on in community together, then, then we want to make sure that they're at a place where they can begin to do that. And, and so really what, what I started doing then when I got here was trying to figure out, okay, how do I help these leaders, these mentor couples who are over foundation groups, set these couples up for success after the group, the foundation group part of this group kind of ends. And so to, to kind of help understand just a little bit more about kind of community and groups and stuff here at Watermark, we, we kind of have, there's three different kind of opportunities for community. There's singles community groups, there are married community groups, and then there are foundation groups. And so foundation groups are community groups. They're just, the way that they're different is that there's a structured set curriculum that they walk through, and then we place a mentor couple over that group. Otherwise, we are expecting the same things out of those groups as we would a married community group. Does that make sense? And so when it comes to putting uh, groups together, uh, we use a process called group link. Um, so obviously, Allison's here, North Point, and do the same type of a deal. And so we'll use a group link process. It's a, we actually do a two-week group link most of the time. And so there's a separate singles group link. There's a married group link. And when we put foundation groups together, we put those foundation groups together uh, on what we call a, at a foundation group kickoff. And so the same Sunday we would do a group link, we always try to host a foundation group kickoff as well. And so we do those three times a year. Uh, right now, currently, we're doing one in the February I do one, we're going to do one mid-May, and then we'll do one kind of mid-September. So three times a year, there's an opportunity to jump into a group. So obviously, 
that answers the question, hey, can couples just kind of jump into a group at any point in time as a group is going? No. Like, once a group starts, we're not going to just kind of add couples in randomly throughout the time together. So there's a chance to jump in. It's at a kickoff. If you miss that, um, you know, if the groups haven't started yet, then we'll try to help make exceptions just to try to get these couples in the groups. Um, but really want to make sure that they attend that kickoff, okay? And so the kickoff um, is huge for us because it helps just kind of cast vision and set expectations for why. Uh, many of these couples come here to Watermark, and they've got this desire, like, we, want, we need married friends, and uh, we <laughs> help. And, and, and what we want them to understand is these groups are more than just some type of supper club, okay? That they really are. We want them to dive in deeply and do life together. So, so hand was going up. Uh-huh. Good question. Hey, so group link is our process of kind of putting community groups together. And so couples, if they're married couples, they'll come to group link and they're going, hey, we want community. We don't know how to do that. So before they come to the group link, um, what's that? Yeah, it's like a big meeting. And so before you go to group link, though, uh, you, you need to go through the membership process here at Watermark. And so our community group, something that might be different than the way you guys um, are, are doing this at some of your churches is if you want to be in a community group, those are for our members here. Like community groups are how we shepherd our body. Okay, so we're not, we're not utilizing community groups as a way to kind of go, hey, come experience this, check this out. Um, there's other avenues that people can jump into. It's kind of like, hey, this is a good, as, as John mentioned, hey, this is a side door in. And so you'll see that happening through Regen. You'll see that happen, which is our recovery ministry. You'll see that happening through Reengage. You'll see that happening through great questions. You'll see that stuff happening through Equip Disciple. Like, there's all these other opportunities where we're going, hey, this is, this is how, you know, we want people to come in through the group. Now, the community groups then are set up in a way that we would say, hey, this is how we're shepherding our body here. So these are, if you want to jump into one of these groups, we want you to go through the membership process. And here, but when we first started these, when I got here, these groups, what we were asking couples, we said, hey, you just need to be committed to going through the membership process, okay? And so what happened was, there were couples who were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we want to do that. So they get to the kickoff, they sign up, like, yes, we want to go through the membership process, and the groups would start, and then we noticed they weren't making any progress toward becoming a member. And, and so what was happening then is there's tons of great churches in Dallas, and so what they were doing is they were going, oh, yeah, I, go to, I want to go to Watermark for my community, um, but I love the teaching of here, and, and then we go over here to do this, and we're like, what we realize is we're not helping them to really plug in and to be the church, you know? And, and so what was happening is it was becoming this kind of consumer-driven idea of just, okay, do community here, do this here, and it was like a smorgasbord of ministry. And, and then also our groups that were suffering and not doing well, it was because of a lack of commitment. So when we kind of said, hey, we're going to raise the level for commitment, what we've seen happen then is we've seen our group health go up and improve because the couples are committed to one another, they're committed to the group, they're committed to Jesus, and, and, and we're now trying to kind of help them walk through. Now, the natural question I think that you should be asking is, okay, well, what about non-believers? How are you reaching non-believers? And that's part of what we're trying to remind people in community is that this isn't about you, just you in this community group. Like, you guys need to be challenging one another. Is how are you meeting people who don't know him, who are far from him? How are you finding those people who are in your ditch and walking alongside with them and bringing them along? Um, and so that encouragement is happening within those groups. That's just not something you would go, oh, yeah, just, yeah, come, come meet up at this group. Does that, does that make sense? So just as an idea, bigger picture of how we're doing community. And then as far as the group link process goes, 
So if you jump in a group link, that's where you're coming in. I mean, you're getting, you get a name tag, you get kind of where you live, and then they're kind of laid out in this room, like a giant room, where you're kind of meeting some different couples at this group and, and trying to figure out, okay, could we end up jumping into a community group with some of these people here? And so because we do that, we do a two-week process with that. If at any point in time you're going, hey, these are the four or five couples we think we want to try to start a group with, then what we will do is give them a launcher couple who kind of helps launch that group. It's someone who's in another community group, but they would say, hey, I want to help married community groups get started. And so they'll jump in. They go through some of our, we have six core values of community, and so you'll see those at the bottom of your sheet, uh, those six core values of community. And so we, um, we just let them kind of that launcher take them through those six core values and kind of really get them established as a group as they get going. And then from there, the launcher drops out and the groups continue on as a married community group. So the difference then with that whole startup process is that Foundation Kickoff is just a one-time event, right? It's where we're casting vision, setting expectation, and then we're getting information about each of the couples. And so instead of them selecting the couples that they want to go in a group with, we're putting those groups together for them, okay? Now, if they came in and they said, hey, we want to be in a group with these four or five people, and they write those names on the card, then we're going to put them in that group. Okay, so they can, they can say, hey, we already know who we want as a group. Um, some of our couples here, they already have an idea of who they want to be as their leader couple, kind of the mentor couple over their group. And so we'll just kind of say, hey, let us, let us know who that is, and then we'll, I'll make the connection to sit down, go to lunch with them, talk with through what leadership looks like, and see, hey, is this going to be a good fit? Does this work? Have they served you know, with us before in other marriage ministries areas or, or what? And so then we'll, we'll plug them in with a group. But most of these couples... We're putting them in a group based on age, location, stage of life, all that type of stuff from their information card, and then we're putting them in a group that way. Yes? Yeah, they can. I mean, that, and that's what we're, we're hoping they will do is that... Well, my, so the, during that eight-week time, we speak one of those nights up at Merge, um, and, and one of the nights uh, on communication and conflict, the last thing that we talk about is just, hey, this is a, a conflict mistake or an issue a lot of times newly marrieds make is they don't ask anyone else for help. And so we talk a lot about the value of community that night. We talk a lot about the idea of, hey, you need to invite other people in, um, you know, to be able to, to speak truth from God's word into the situation you're facing. You need people who are for your marriage, right? Not just as a husband that you would go, oh, I've got these guys who are in my corner, and your wife's going, oh, I've got these ladies who are in my corner. And, but to have people that you go, hey, these, are, these people are for our marriage. So we talk we high value on community. We feel like during merge, they're kind of getting introduced to community through the little small group. Um, also, the leaders in merge, I mean, if you were to say, hey, how many of you guys were in a foundation group? before, I, I think the majority, probably 75% of those hands that would go up would say, we were in a foundation group. So what do you think they're telling their couples during that whole eight-week time? You've got to do, like, this is a got to. You've got to be a part of that. So those, that's how we're kind of utilizing that. For couples who aren't members here at Watermark, um, we do, we're trying to figure out ways to kind of reach them. We're trying to figure out ways to kind of help our couples leverage influence. And so we've started doing some newly married events quarterly. Uh, we've talked about holidays and in-laws, and that's one of those, like, dude, please, invite your friends, bring them here. We want them to hear some things that will hopefully help them in their marriage. Hopefully, 
ultimately being able to share the gospel. But we, we hope it's opening up conversation for them with people that they work with, people that they live near. Um, and so we did one on holidays and in-laws. We did one called Big Decisions, where we just talked about home buying process. We talked about, hey, starting to process whether or not to have kids, you know, before. We have did one this past summer called Hot Summer Nights. Uh, where we talked about intimacy, and so we talked about spiritual intimacy. We brought in a couple who's been married 50 years and just said, hey, I want you to share with these couples just one truth, just one thing that you go, hey, what's the most important thing you've done to grow together spiritually? And so here's Jim and Judy Wimberly standing up there in front of all these newly married couples, and they're saying, pray together. And then they just laid out, like, hey, here's what that looked like. And of course, I mean, you can imagine over 50 years, all the different things they've done, and, and then she just goes, hey, don't try to kill yourself with this, right? Like, pick one thing and just start there. And so out of that night, we kind of gave them this hey, 30-day challenge, pray together with your spouse. We kind of put it on a lock screen that just said pray together. It had the logos and stuff on it. And so that hopefully over those next 30 days, they should begin to pray together. And what was awesome is that, you know, they were like, hey, we did that. That 30-day challenge is awesome. And you know, they kind of got out of that time, and they're going, hey, you know, we don't, we're not still praying together every day, but I need you to know I'm praying together more with my wife now than I was before. And so for us, we're going, dude, that's awesome. And so that was one of the sessions. Um, and then the second half of that night was just over physical intimacy. And so we got to dig in and just talk about sex and, and some of the, just the foxes that, that get in the way of that and just some of the issues that couples face. Um, and so during that time, like we brought in Still City Pops for one of those. We'll bring in, you know, just some kind of cool snack and some way for them to just connect as well and meet some different couples who are in that same phase of life. Um, we're wanting to do one coming up at the end of this summer just called What I Wish I Knew. Um, and, and the idea of possibly grabbing some of our foundation group couples who have just walked through a foundation group to kind of lead a little table set and then do some quick 12-minute talks over specific areas that are just key and essential for new marriages. And so there's going to be a ton of new people who are getting married this summer. We'd love to grab them all in. And then during that time, we're talking very highly about community and the value of inviting other people into your life. Um, and then so what would happen is you'd have that event. There'd be some membership classes. There'd be a kickoff. Groups would start to roll out that way. That's kind of how we'd use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let, me, let me just kind of jump into this real quick, and we'll all start talking. No, that's great. These are good questions. And so let me, let me roll through this, and that way Morgan doesn't fall asleep back there wondering, is he going to click to the next slide? Um, but here's the deal. For us, measuring success in these groups is kind of comes down to four things. The first one is that we want these couples to be more like Jesus. Okay, I want them to understand as they walk through a foundation group that all their, spirit, that all their marriage problems are first spiritual problems, right? That if, if they can fix this vertical relationship with the Lord, like those horizontal relationships, it's similar to, I mean, even what Francis talked about today. I mean, if I'm running fast after him, like we are going to begin running closer together. Um, and so we wanted to let them know, hey, this isn't just a marriage class or program, right, where you're just sitting and going, well, I, I just wanted to jump into this in my marriage. I didn't know I was going to be talking about Jesus. I didn't know I was going to be talking about how I'm growing spiritually each day. Because these are community groups, we're going, hey, this should be something that's a part of your conversation, you know, continually. The second thing we want to see happen in these groups is for them to experience healthy community. Since we put these groups together, we are basically letting them know, hey, we're not expecting that you continue on a community together after 15 months. I know that some of you in here, you, you probably have a community, you might have a community structure where you go, hey, our groups just, they only last that long, period, okay? And so our groups, typically, if you're in a married community group, that's a group that just, it, it continues going. I mean, the conversation's always on the table of just, 
hey, you know, are, are we still, are we challenging each other? Are we still running after Jesus? Are we expectation-wise, where are we at? But that's something where you would jump into a married community group and you'd, you'd be running with those couples. We have foundation groups who have finished the foundation group process. They transitioned to a community group, and it's seven, eight years down the road. Those couples are still running together, challenging one another um, in their walk. And so our goal with these is they'd experience healthy community. So if they continue on in a community group together, we hope that they know what that needs to look like, that our mentor couples have built into them. They've helped them learn how to walk through that time together. Um, 50% of our groups, the whole group stays together. So half of these groups, the entire group moves on together in community. Um, another 40% of our groups, part of the group stays together. Okay, so for 90% of these couples, there's, there's kind of a pathway to community after these groups. 10%, the group kind of goes in all different directions. And there's just many reasons why that happens. I mean, when you're newly married, um, you're transient in some ways. Like job changes are happening somewhat frequently. Um, when you go from apartment to house, especially here in Dallas, you can't afford a house where you could once afford an apartment, so you end up moving different places. And so as couples sometimes move, they sometimes get farther away from the groups that we've put together, um, which then can sometimes make it tough. Um, you know, some of these happen where, where a couple gets pregnant, and, and they've got a child then now in this group, and they're going, hey, so we're the only one with a kid in our in our community group, and really we have no connection of people outside this group of people with have kids. We'd love to maybe have some other people who understand a little bit more of what that's like having a child. Sometimes they'll kind of bail. And then sometimes it's just, it's immaturity that these groups don't continue on. You know, it's just a level of, of not really ever fully committing. It's, um, it's this, what we, we call it sometimes chasing the unicorn group. You know, where it's like, this is a group that doesn't exist, but man, that just, I think it's out there. And so they, they want to try to exchange what they know about their current group for a group that's, I mean, that they just don't know. And, and so it's interesting. But either way, we're just saying, hey, at the end of this group time, we want to make sure you know how to live out these six core values, right? To devote daily, to pursue relationally, to counsel biblically, to admonish faithfully, to engage missionally, um, and uh, I think live authentically, you know? And so we want them to experience that in these groups so that that bar is raised. The third thing we want to see happen uh, in the midst of these groups, is, is that we want um, each of these couples to grow in oneness with their spouse. And so as you look at um, kind of the curriculum and the way that's set up, we're really wanting them to grow in their marriage and in their relationship. And so um, everything we kind of set up into place is, is trying to help them grow in that together. Um, and so for many of them, I mean, the question that always is coming up is, I don't know how to lead my wife spiritually. I just don't. And so being able to have a mentor couple in that group who's, like you say, as hindsight can become the, the group's foresight is, is huge to help them grow in oneness. We also want them to know that, hey, we're not wanting you just to grow in oneness to be more Christ-like in your relationship just for you and for your own marriage. Our hope is that, the, that you would begin to live on mission, okay? And so that with utilizing their marriage, and that's the fourth thing, is to say live on mission. And so our goal, as we talked about, is just to begin raising up marriage ambassadors, people that would see that this momentary relationship they have through marriage is an opportunity to point to an eternal relationship. Okay, that they would begin to say, okay, what have I learned? And I didn't just learn that for me. Like, God didn't just entrust that to me for me, but that he's now giving me an opportunity to engage people that work at my school. People that talk poorly about their husband in a break room, that I can go, hey, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Tell me what's going on. And they would begin to take the things they've learned and begin to try to help other people. 
and ultimately point some of those people back to the Lord, um, you know, where, honestly, their hope is found. Um, and so that's our goal, like, in those, those four things, more like Jesus, experience healthy community, grow in oneness, and then eventually begin to live on mission. And so wanting these couples to begin to ask questions, what does my relationship with my bride say to the watching world about Christ's relationship with his? Okay? And uh, it, it really is neat to see the way couples are coming through these groups, and then you know, they're, they're coming to Watermark probably to get something like this, to get friendship, to get that connection, to get a mentor couple. But they're walking out of that time ready to give back. Um, and I, uh, last night at Merge, if any of you guys were in there, one of the, I felt like one of the leaders that stood up just said, hey, we're, we're here because our foundation couple poured deeply into us. And, um, you know, we just felt like it was time for us to go about and, and to do likewise. And I, after she got done cheering, I was like, it looks like I, like, slid that across the table to go, hey, we say this? About the 815 mark, just, just say this. Stand up. I want these people to know this. But it was one of those moments where I was like, I got chill bumps because I was like, okay, I'm saying these things, but are those things happening? Um, and I would just tell you, yes, they are. Um, and, and so it just, it was a neat reminder for me of just going, okay, they're, they're buying into this, and they're wanting not just to get, but they're now wanting to give, which is cool. And so when it comes to foundation groups, this is our opportunity to play offense instead of defense, okay? And so we, we've talked a lot about that, just the idea of preventing that hurt, um, you know, before, before those walls of bitterness and walls of resentment get built up that we're giving them things that are going to help them make these incremental changes in their relationship and in their marriage. Um, and so I talked a lot about just the process of putting those groups together as far as what that kickoff looks like. Um, we typically, like we do, we'll do that like a 2 to 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Okay, so group links going on, married group links happening, usually over in the loft. I'll usually hope the foundation group handle the foundation group kickoff somewhere over here in the tower. And so we've lined those up at the same time because sometimes couples show up over at Married Group Link and they're going, hey, it looks like you're married less than three years. Have you, have you been in a foundation group before? And they're going, no, we haven't done that. Okay, okay, great. You know what? There's actually a kickoff just right over here that we think would be good for you to go to. Sometimes I have couples show up to foundation group kickoff. They've been married less than three years and they walk into the room and they go, all these couples look like they could be my kids, right? Because maybe they're a little bit older. And so what... Typically, how I start that whole kickoff is just telling them, hey, this is where you're at. This is, you know, foundation group kickoff. This is what we're going to do today. Um, and then I just say, hey, if you're looking around the room right now and, and, and you're kind of going, hey, I don't know that we fit here. Or if you have questions about, hey, is this the next, best next step for you? I'm like, why don't you come up to the, come up to the front here in a minute? We're going to play a game. And so we, we set it up to where you play this game called Human Bingo. And so everyone has a Human Bingo board as couples. And they're walking around the room trying to find different couples who you would say, hey, this is true of you. So it's like, hey, got sick on your honeymoon, different things like that. And so what it does is and it gets everybody up walking around the room. And then those couples that are kind of going like, I don't know if I'm in the right spot or not, it's an easy way for them to just come up and find me and to go, hey, let me share with you a little bit more about our story. Like, you know, this is his second marriage. It's my first marriage. He's got an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old. Um, and I'm just going, okay, so what are you looking for in community? And they're like, well, we're just really struggling right now with, you know, the kid, the kid process. I don't have kids yet, and, and he does, but this is a big part of us, and we, we feel like we need someone that's going to help us with our kids. And so what I very easily just tell them, hey, look, I don't know fully who's here uh, as far as age and location and all that type of stuff, so you're welcome to stay here. Um, I said, but 
there's also married group link going on in the other building. And so just letting them know, hey, there's this option there. You're probably going to find more people over there with kids, if that's what you're looking for. Um, the hardest couples for us, because of just the age of most of the couples that come through our, our kickoff, we have you know, probably 85 90% of our couples are below the age of 30 who jump into a foundation group here. Um, and so when there's couples who are you know, late 30s, early 40s, but it's first marriage for both of them, like that's the hardest thing for me because just, that's just such a small demographic for us that are trying to get into these groups. But there's some of them that just really, they really want these groups. And so sometimes they'll just they'll wait it out until we find enough couples that we can kind of get plugged into a foundation group. And so um, I typically would just kind of say, I try to give them an idea of just a percentage. Hey, I don't know the likelihood that you're probably going to end up in a group after I've been able to look at the cards after the kickoff, just because I want to be honest with them. I want to let them, I don't want hopes to get too high. I want them to know, hey, we're, we're going to do our best here, you know, find a group that'll, that'll work well for you guys. And so after that kickoff, again, they turn in their, their, their cards. Um, we stress to them just night of the week. Our groups happen Sunday through Thursday night. Okay, so some of you at churches, you might go, hey, we know that Sunday night's going to be probably be the night everybody wants to do something like this. So you may have a specific night of the week that you offer. It could be Sunday. You might go, hey, Wednesday nights are going to be the nights that we only offer that. For us, we have the flexibility to offer it on different nights of the week. Where that helps is our leader couples then get to choose which nights of the week they lead the group. So Sunday through Thursday, we don't do Friday. We don't do Saturday. We want to try to protect uh, that time for our leaders. Um, we also realize that these couples are in a season of life where they are going to weddings pretty much every weekend, right? So if you were to do something on the, like a Friday or a Saturday, you could guarantee probably that they're not going to be there for, for most of the meetings. And so when it comes to putting these groups together, again, we're asking for flexibility from the couples. Hey, please mark on here every night that you're available because I'm trying to match these couples up then with a leader couple night of the week-wise. And so I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm, I've started reaching out to some of the guys that are running here that are programmers because I'd love to have some type of a computer program to insert all this information because it is. It's this huge puzzle. And if you're kind of like, man, I really wish I could see that. No, it's just me with a bunch of cards in a room, you know, trying to lay them out uh, like in map type form and going, okay, age works, location, stage of life and then placing them then with a leader couple to plug them in. And so what, the, what we have the privilege of is that because there's so many, like this last kickoff we had, there were 106 couples who came to the kickoff. And so we ended up starting 20, 20 groups out of Dallas, Dallas campus. So we have three campuses, Dallas, Fort Worth, Plano. Um, and so we started 20 groups here. Um, but what's great when you've got that that many groups and that many couples is that we can get them fairly close together in proximity. Um, back in the day when these groups first started, these couples were pretty spread out. But we were just going, hey, something's better than nothing, right? And, and you can't just be entitled to the fact that, man, I feel like all these people should live down my street. <laughs> like, that's probably not going to happen. First off, you, we want to try to get the couples close together because we want their lives to overlap more frequently than just the meetings that they're going to have together as a group. Um, then their leader couple obviously is going to live in a different spot. Sometimes we try to get them somewhat close to their leader couple, but we realize that's not the relationship probably that's going to be the most lasting. So we, we definitely take that into consideration, but sometimes it's hard to go, hey, leader couples right here in the same area as you, especially most of our couples. I mean, you think of the area of your town where you go, that's where young couples live. Or if you're in a small town, you're like, well, just everybody lives everywhere. That's great. Um, but if you're in a bigger city, you've got those parts of town where you go, that's where the young people live, and you kind of go, that's where the families are. And so we feel that too here, and that we just go, hey, 
my leaders are mostly around Watermark. They're up in Richardson, Plano, somewhere up, up in your close. Whereas most of the couples are down in Uptown. They're in the streets. They're downtown. It's kind of where they live. And so we, we just do the best we can with age, location, stage of life. Um, 10% of the couples who come to do this thing have kids. Okay, so that's a question I think sometimes comes up is what do you do about child care? Every group at Watermark, the, the child care responsibility falls on, you know, the couples within that group, okay, to find child care. And so um, when you've got 10% of those that do have kids, one of the questions we ask on their card is, hey, is child care going to be an issue for them? Okay, because we want to we just really be able to have that conversation. I don't want someone to go, well, can't do it now because we can't deal with child care. So we're going to try to get on the phone with them, try to do email with them, and just talking through some different options for child care. Okay, and trying to go, hey, do you have family in town? Yeah, we do. Well, do you think they'd maybe want to come over and, and hang with your kid? Um, oh, yeah, we didn't think about that. Or date night swaps, right, where you might go, hey, is there some other couple that might watch your kids these nights for you, and then you could watch their kids for them? Oh, yeah, we didn't, yeah maybe we could try that. So just trying to help them think, yes, there's got to be some other ways. And then sometimes it's just budgeting. Hey, is there, are there places where you can cut to where you would be able to budget you know, some cash, and then we try to connect them. There's, you know, child care places online that you can, you can go in there, and you've got, you know, background checks and things like that that people do um, where you can try to find child care to do there. So we're, we're just trying to help them not just nix it right off the bat because, hey, we have kids, um, and what do we do there? Um, I think what else as far as the process? Did that, does the process make sense of, like, putting groups together? Any questions over, over that? Yeah, so on a typical kickoff, so we'll have uh, September, the September kickoff's pretty large, so we're in that 20 to 25 range, um, and then this, the February one's usually pretty big, so this last one we did 23 total, and so that was between, you know, the three campuses, we had 23 groups that started, um, a lot of before that was 25, and then this one that we'll do in May, I'm thinking we'll probably have about 15, and so what that looked like, when I, I got here in... Because 2011, they were starting about 26 new groups a year. And there were, this past year, we started 52 new groups a year. And then, so far this year, we started 23. And so we're kind of, trajectory-wise, we've still got two more kickoffs. And, and then part of that was just even raising the bar for commitment. Um, and so it's just, it's pretty neat to see. And so Fort Worth, our Fort Worth campus is really young. I actually just talked to one of those leaders today, and she was just saying, man, this is about to just, kind of boom. And, and what's great about that, too, is just if you see that as a way to multiply leaders, which we do with these groups, like to me, I just, I got excited about that because I'm just going, oh, gosh, like now we can start to build in a pre-marriage. So we can start to, because these guys can now start to invest in them. And so it really is neat to see when you start these things, you are beginning to raise up your own leaders, right? And so as you've invested in these leaders over these groups and you've taught, like, hey, this is how we want to talk about marriage. This is how we want to point people to the gospel, and they start doing this with other couples, guess what? Those other couples are going to now start doing that. And it just, it, it's a, that's why I just say, man, this is probably the greatest missed opportunity in the church to build into some of these couples who are, who are you know, a little bit younger. Um, so as far as curriculum goes, as far as uh, frequency of group meetings, I think would probably be the next thing to jump into. Um, we tell the couples at the kickoff that this is a weekly commitment for them. Okay, so a couple that goes to the group, we're saying, hey, this is a weekly commitment. Um, so basically what we're saying then is we need you to make sure whatever nights that you said you're going to do it, 
So if it's a Tuesday night, it's a Wednesday night, whatever that is, please just lock that in. That every Wednesday night, you're going to be with these people. Okay? Um, now, as far as the mentor couple's role, we let them know, hey, you're going to be leading these groups curriculum in your home two times a month. Okay, so most months they're going to have probably four meetings, okay, for that group. So your, your group's going to have four meetings. Two of those will be with the mentor couple, okay, and that's where they're going to walk through the curriculum, okay? So we've got a playbook that we put together. There's kind of five parts to that curriculum, um, and I'll walk through that kind of here in a second. But they walk through that curriculum together with the mentor couple kind of two times per month. Just as kind of a practical example of that, when my wife and I led our group, we led on Tuesday nights. Uh, we started that group at 7.30. We typically wrapped up at 9.30. Okay, so we try to put a kind of a hard stop of saying, hey, 9.30, we're done. If any of you guys want to hang around, like, we are here till you leave, basically. And so a lot of our leaders will do that to Dersha when they lead their group. He, just, he tells them at the beginning, he just says, hey, when you see me come out of my pajamas, that means I'm about to go to bed. It's, you just lock the door behind you, you know, if you want to hang out. And so there are some couples that, like, I mean, they're like, you've got to, I, this group's, I like this group, but we're not ending on time. And I just go, hey, great, we'll, we'll wrap up on time. Um, it, there's parts of it, too, that you almost have to laugh because they're like, man, you know, we really we just need, our, we need our sleep. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember those days before kids. And, yeah, you, you did need sleep. And so it's just, there's parts of it that you're going, hey, I need to really help them grow in this area. But at the same time, there's other areas where you go, hey, I need to be patient with them. And so when we led our group, we led Tuesday nights with 7.30 to 9.30, and we would typically do first and third Tuesday. Okay, so every first and third Tuesday, they knew, going over to the Cisco's, we're walking through curriculum. Okay, so second and fourth Tuesday then, you're going, okay, well, what do they, what do, they do there? What does that look like? Well, that's where they're living, really living out these core values of community. So we're helping them kind of walk through and, and learn those things as we're going through curriculum, we're teaching them those things. And then second and fourth is where they're really beginning to kind of live those out. And so those are, it's like for our group, when we first started, that first night we got together, we had a meal, we talked about expectations for the group, and then we get to the end of that night, and I just said, hey, look, next week I want you guys to just get together and go do something fun. Okay, like maybe it's bowling, maybe it's this, go do it. Uh, that night, no one kind of took the, <laughs> took the baton and said, okay, we'll do it. So I sent an email out that next morning, hey, I know none of you guys took this on, just a reminder, you're in charge for planning next week. What are you going to do? And someone like wrote back, like, what if we just go to Bowling Barrel? It's like this bowling place with food downtown here. So they're like, yeah, let's do it. So they go to Bowling Barrel. My wife and I, we loaded up our kids. And we were like, hey, let's just stop by. Let's just see them. So we just popped in. We said, hey, our kids were having fun. They met our kid, you know, talking around a little bit. And then we left. Just let them like, hey, begin to establish relationship with kids. They bowled. They learned things about each other. So that they come back third Tuesday. What do you think we started off with? Hey, tell us what you learned about each other. You know, so we're sitting there, we're talking. They're like, oh, we learned out Brett's dad's a grave digger. You know, it's like, Brett, tell us, man. Like, this is awesome. And so, and then they're going, like, yeah, we realized, like, we all went to the same high school in Katie, but we never knew each other, which Katie's down near Houston. But, and you're just going, like, oh, crazy. You know, and so what they're starting to begin to establish is, like, okay, look at these things we have in common and these similarities that we have. And they're building trust. Okay, and so as we walk through the first part of this curriculum, the first part of the curriculum is just the six core values of community. And part of that is just establishing that relationship and beginning to hear each other's stories. And so uh, part of that process, like if you're thinking curriculum, so that third week then we get together, third Tuesday, we kind of catch up. And then what we did is we jumped into the community curriculum. So we say, okay, let's talk about devoting daily. Why is this important? How does this impact our marriage? How can we help each other devote daily? 
And at the end of that night, my wife and I shared our life map, okay, which is that's our story. Like, hey, this is me growing up. And so as I began to lay that out for them, and just saying, hey, you know, I grew up in a, in a home where my dad was, was fairly absent. My mom was the one who took us to church, but I grew up in a small group Bible study through K-Life. And those are where I met these men that, that really transformed my view of God, my view of what it looked like to follow Christ. In that time, that guy ended up moving down to camp. And I'm like, and so I ended up at this camp called Pine Cove. And that's where I met Mandy. And like, and we got married. And, and so we just began to talk about that. And then we, we talk about our struggles along the way. Hey, guys, you need to know this. Like, one of the things we didn't talk about when we were newly married was, was the effects of porn. For me, I thought that was something that was just a far off, like, that's not going to be an issue anymore once we're married. So we didn't talk about it. And, you know, here's the destruction that, that caused in our relationship. And here's how we work through that. And here's what we're doing now to protect our marriage from that. And so as a leader, I'm setting the tone for the authenticity of that group as I share my story. And what happens as these life maps unfold is people are sharing about you know, sexual abuse that happened to them, right? That they're going, man, I, I didn't plan on sharing this, but, but they did, and I've never shared this with anybody before. And so when you kind of go, hey, are couples just kind of jumping into these groups along the way? No, because there's a level in these groups of just authenticity. And so as we, we, we set that expectation at the kickoff to kind of go, now some couples, people just aren't ready to share that deeply yet. It's not like there's just like, oh, come on. There's got to be more, like, tell us more. No, it's like, Along the way, as they're ready to share those things, they will. But if we lead out with that authenticity, it's amazing to watch as they go, okay, here's where we're at. And what's so great about it is there's a room full of people who go, aren't going anywhere. Right? So then for them, they start to feel be fully known and yet fully loved at the same time. Um, and it's just, it's a powerful thing to watch that happen. So you walk through community curriculum, you start sharing life maps, on the off weeks at the beginning for them, it really is. They're like, they're getting to know each other. Uh, our couples then on that fourth Tuesday when they met, they just said, hey, let's go to dinner together. They went to dinner together. They sat down, they ate, and they were like, hey, at the end of that time, we had ended up just splitting off into guys and girls. So what do they talk about then? They talk about their past community experiences. Hey, what does this look like for you? Hey, as far as accountability goes, like what are you looking for from other guys in your life? And then same thing for the girls. They started having those conversations, okay? So they begin to kind of establish community, like how are we going to hold each other accountable? How are we going to care for one another? How are we going to encourage one another? What are these weeks, these meetings going to look like? And so for us as a leader, then we're checking back in. Hey, tell us, you know, what happened on that off week. And then as they started to do accountability, we wanted to be there for the first time because that's part of these groups. There's part of these groups that's going to be these couples meeting individually, guys and girls. Okay, so they can really begin to dig in and share deeply of like, hey, these are my struggles. This is how I'm trying to struggle well. Hey, this is what's going on in my life. Hey, these are my fears. These are my concerns. You know, if at any point in time there's things that are shared that, I mean, those guys know that the things that girls share with the girls, like, they're one, right? So there's not going to be secrets there, and it's not going to be this, like, oh, I'm trying to find out about maybe things he didn't share with the girls because then I'm going to pound him for not sharing those things. But instead, it's this gentle, like, hey, it sounds like Molly was sharing with, with Mandy that, you know, this was going on for you. Like, you didn't mention that with us. I just, I just want to check in, see how that, you know, things okay there. Um, if there's times where the group, where the couples are sideways, right? We want to be able to dig in and, and have those conversations and talk to them about what's going on in their marriage. The curriculum that I'm about to talk through, honestly, it's there to give structure and a guide these groups. But at any point in time, we tell our leaders, hey, shove it to the side. If there are issues that need to be addressed that come up, if there's conflict that's going on with couples, talk about it. Now, you don't want to do that every week. You know, where you're like, okay, here they are. Hey, it looks like Joe and Susan are in trouble again. All right, Joe and Susan, take the group, and let's just do it. But, 
but because you realize like there's some people that are going to be that emotional leech, okay? And so what we would do in that situation, if it was like kind of the next week, the same problem still there, we're going, hey, do you, let's, let's talk about that after group, and would you pick one of the other couples to sit in on that? You know, and so sometimes couples are going to want to come to you, they're going to want to meet two on two. We're going, hey, bring someone else in. Bring someone along. Why? Because when they're done with us, when we're done with the group as a mentor couple, I want them to know how to walk through that with each other. I want them to know, hey, this is what I learned, this is what I took away. I also know that many times when someone shares their story, someone else can resonate with that and go, oh my gosh, we were just there. Or more sin is going to be exposed in someone else's life, and they're going to go, hey, that was really convicting for me because that's where I'm at too. And we go, awesome, let's talk about it. And then that point in time in that meeting, we're going to say, hey, this is something I think you should share with the whole group. Because it's, it's weird if, if Mandy and I are the only ones that know as your leader what's going on in your life when you're trying to run and do life together with these couples. And so does that, does that kind of make sense how those off-week meetings would go? And so for us as a leader, we used Fifth Tuesdays as a game night, you know, and you've got to watch. Sometimes your groups will just be fun, and they're not really challenging each other spiritually, and sometimes they're just beating the tar out of each other, and you're like, do you do anything fun anymore? You know, it's like, just, okay, put all that on hold. Like, go to a baseball game. Like, go to... And so we're constantly, then as a leader, you're trying to help them realize, hey, there's this great balance of, you know, this spiritual challenge, but also this deep connection, um, you know, in, in, from a friendship standpoint. And so what we learned with our group is that shared experience, I mean, it just builds trust. And so we did a retreat with them about six months in, and we asked all our groups that you, hey, get away with your couples. So for us, we have four kids, they're nine and under right now. Um, and this can be distracting leading that group. But if we could get away for a weekend without our kids, but just with them, I mean, it was amazing as you watched those relationships take off. We ended up taking our couples down to Haiti um, for a trip um, and just, just going on this short-term discipleship trip, just us and our couples, and to watch them experience that together, to give away leadership of that trip at some places, to go, hey, I want you in charge of the Devo today. I want you in charge of the debrief at the end of the day, okay? And, and, you got, and then to give feedback. I, I, I love the way you did this. It was so fun to watch different couples have different projections. Like, hey, we just thought it would be fun to kind of start with a hymn. And then, hey, we want you to write out these things. Like, and different people have different ideas, and you're going, oh, great. And my wife and I are like, Dude, write that down. We are going to do that you know, next time we lead one of these groups. And so we've just found that with our leaders, our best leaders uh, you know, create ownership by giving away leadership, which is really cool. Um, so as far as curriculum goes, I think Morgan might have a slide on that one. Um, okay, keep clicking. Yeah, look at that. I ran through all that. No, you're all right. This is why it helps to have a clicker, and mine's lost somehow. Uh, 15 months of curriculum, right? We talked about the fact that what, how we came up with what we talked about was we just, the couples that were having issues and problems, we just looked at what they were talking about, and then we wanted to talk about it, okay? So the community piece is something we added recently just because we wanted them to see these groups through that lens of community. We wanted them to understand you need to avoid isolation. The couples that are coming here at Watermark, I mean, the ones that are in trouble, Constantly we go, hey, who's surrounded you? I don't have anybody. Right? So if they can walk out of a foundation group going, hey, I need other people in my life, that's huge. The second one is just God's view of marriage, right? To give them a biblical view of marriage, to understand what this covenant is they've stepped into because the world has a completely different view of what that should look like. Communication and conflict, helping them just learn some, some skills there to go, hey, this will help you. Helping them begin to understand just their own selfishness, how that impacts that. Um, the finance piece, I mean, our couples coming into this thing, we, we kind of surveyed them at the, at the kickoff. 
I think it's like $27,000 in debt the average couple has for just school loans, and it's about 8000 in just consumer debt. Crazy. Like, what do you do with that? And a lot of the time they're going, yeah, I think we're ready to buy a house and a car. And we're like, no, no, wait a second. Like, let's, let's address this, like, huge elephant in the room because someday you might want to have kids, and you may not want to work when you have kids. But you know what? Now you've got all this debt, and you're not addressing it. And in the midst of that, we get to talk to them about stewardship and about being generous. And, uh, and, and it's just, it's a really cool time for them. And so they're opening up in finances, they're opening up their budgets to each other. Okay, which for some people are going, what the heck? And most of our couples, they sit and kick on they're like, no, I'm not ready for that. I had a couple in our group, one of them was in crazy amounts of debt, one of them just inherited a bunch of money, and both of them were like freaking out about having, you know, laying that out there with other people. As we laid out, we just said, hey, look, why is this an area that we close off? Why is that an area that we go, I can do this myself? Whether it's giving, whether it's um, getting rid of debt, whether it's saving, like, why wouldn't I invite other people in? Why wouldn't I widen the circle there? And, uh, and so it's just, for some of them, it's tougher than others. Some of them go, hey, I'm not going to do that. We don't make them do it. We just let them know, hey, that impacts more than just you. It does impact the group. And those two couples in our group, the one that was in great amount of debt, the one that inherited a bunch, at the very end of that time, they just go, I can't tell you how good this feels to know that that weight of responsibility isn't just on me. So we talk about finances. We talk about intimacy. Um, what I've noticed sometimes in the group, this is kind of the order we roll through it. Um, we give our leaders the freedom to kind of change those around and maybe go, hey, our couples are all in debt. Finance piece is what's coming up. Is there conflict a lot? Hey, can we move that up a little bit? Hey, I'm great with that if they're willing to jump fully in. We've put that at the end because we want to make sure there's some trust that's built up. So that by the time you get to intimacy and finances, they've been together for almost a year, right? And they're rolling through these things and you're asking to. As opposed to like second night, hey, bring your budget. And like, no, I'm like, no, no thanks, right? So that's kind of the the way we take this through. We, at the same time, we tell our leaders, hey, if you just need to hit a pause and like dive, do a deeper dive into communication, if there's another marriage book that just really impacted you guys that you want to walk through, let us know what that is. You know, there, there's certain things that we just, <laughs> you're not leading the group through that, okay? And so we, we want to be, to know kind of what's going on there and, and make sure that, that, that we're in control of, of kind of, hey, where these groups are going and, and what's happening with, with those leaders. But there's flexibility within this and I, I just would tell you, like, what we've said on there, so God's view of marriage, we do The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, Communication Conflict, we watched through, walk through A Lasting Promise by Scott Stanley, um, and I think all this is on your little handout, Finances, we do Money Wise, um, Intimacy, um, we've been doing Sheet Music, it's just kind of a jumping off point, we've, we've piloted a few groups with Shannon's book, The Passion Principles, um, and there's been some good response to that, I think eventually our whole goal for curriculum would be able to write our own stuff, and uh, with all the groups that are, that are happening and trying to shepherd those and write curriculum. And I just I haven't gotten there yet. So that's the dream at some point to be able to package that all together and, and kind of get that put together. So that's the curriculum they walk through. Um, I don't think that's the secret sauce of these groups, right? I mean, I think there's, there's great that it gives them intentionality of talking through those things. But I just don't think that's it. And so when it comes to these groups, success of these groups rises and falls on these leaders. Um, and so leader essentials for us, similar for some of you guys, you've probably seen these things, but, but for us, it's abiding with Christ. Um, we want couples to be disciples before they try to make disciples. Um, cultivating relationships, right? As I talked about in that early part of these group life, they're trying to then um, really help these couples learn about each other and to grow in a relationship, promoting participation. Again, I want these couples to facilitate some of these groups. 
The leader doesn't need to be up in front talking the whole time. We want there to be discussion within the groups. And then providing care, that's the kind of the box of chocolates, right? But they are. They're the front lines of pastoral care for our church as that leader. The couples aren't reaching out to me. They're reaching out to the leader. And the leader then, as they face different various issues, I'm saying, hey, I'm here to help walk you through it. As they face different problems, they might say, hey, Lance, this is what just happened in our group. Any thoughts on how we could kind of move forward with that? If there are meetings that they need to have with me, I can just do, let me help. That's my job. If I can connect them with other areas of ministry, like those couple people who confessed, just talked about sexual abuse, there's great ministry opportunity here. If there's porn addiction, like, hey, region's a great step for you guys, and that can kind of come alongside what you're doing in your community group um, is kind of how we run through that. And so those are those leader essentials for us. Um, I think, do we have a slide? Is the next slide going to be the qualities? We survey our couples, too, and just ask them, like, hey, what are... What are the qualities you enjoyed most in your leaders? And, and as this Wordle, I don't, you guys seen Wordle.net or whatever, like it's kind of cool. You can, when you put in multiple words, it makes it bigger and bigger. So you can see the things that came up a lot, open, honest, wise, authentic, truth tellers. That's kind of probably watermark lingo, but basically it's, hey, they, they tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. Um, biblical, encouraging, transparent. Um, and so as you're looking to kind of get this thing started, if you, if you do want to try to mentor couples, like, figuring out what you're looking for in leaders, like what are the marriages that you want to see emulated in your church and what, are the, what qualities do they possess, that's where you start. And, and the, your leaders are, are going to be a huge you know, part of that process. And so the biggest thing for us is just kind of constantly reminding people, hey, it's, it's not a marriage class or program. It's, it's discipleship. It's, it's mentor couples walking alongside other couples and, uh, and just helping them to be more like Jesus, to grow in their marriage, and to learn how to help each other kind of do, this, do likewise. So, any, uh, what questions do you guys have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, every couple that we ends up going to lead, we're going to sit down with face-to-face. I love to sit down with husband and wife. Um, I love to see the way they interact with each other. I love to, you know, are they talking over one another? Is, is he condescending? Is, is she kind of the only one talking? And he's kind of like, you know, I'm like, ah, that, that's going to be doing. Like, why do they want to lead? Like, I want to I hear their heart behind why marriage ministry. I mean, so we're going to sit down with them and kind of hear their story, how they were saved. Like, can they tell us the gospel? Um, for us, where we're at right now, like, I want leaders with marriages worth emulating. So our foundation group, well, I'll start back with Merge. So Merge, if you want to lead in Merge, um, most of the people that lead Emerge have been through a foundation group, and then we kind of set a baseline of two years, okay? And, and what I'm doing as a leader, when those groups transition and close out, I'm asking that leader, hey, in your group, who would be great? Who do you think would be a great leader? Okay, and so they're going, oh, well, these guys and these guys are ready. These guys at some point down the road, I think they'll be ready. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking those names, and I'm going, hey, Scotty, these are, these are your next leaders, and then Scotty's sitting down, he's talking with them through. They've had this 15 months as far as like walking through some of these marriage, you know, the principles and, and just getting an idea of marriage. So then when they go to jump into merge, then Scotty's taking them through. It's, uh, they do a leader training for them. It's like a, a two-hour leader training on the front end. And then every week they're getting a leader meeting as they lead through merge. And so what we're looking for then for foundation group is for couples who have been faithful in that type of a serve. So the majority of my leaders are merge leaders. Like, they're past merge leaders who have been faithful in that ministry. Our baseline is about five years for leading a foundation group. 
if you're five years married and leading a foundation group, it's because you've been faithful for years. You've gone through a foundation group, you've been faithful and merged, and then we, we plug you into a group. Majority of our leaders are over 10 years married. So in that 10 to 12 year range, they've got young kids, similar to my wife and I. The majority of my leaders, that's, that's kind of where they're at. They've, they've come up through merge, they've started to have kids, they're going, hey, it's just a little tough to bring our kids up here every night. We'd love to be able to do something in our home. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what we're looking for. If it's a couple that shows up, been married 20 years, we don't know much about them. Um, we're going to ask to hear you in community here. Like our leaders need to be in community at Watermark because we're asking them to call these couples to that and membership and those things. So we want to make sure our leaders are doing likewise. And so we rely pretty heavily on um, our community groups to ask, hey, do they have the margin to do this? Do you think this is a good fit for them? And those are kind of conversations and stuff we're having to community. There's churches that do application type stuff, um, but definitely wanting to do your homework and your research on those couples who walk through. So other questions? Back? Yeah, so we try to have that conversation with the couples on the front end before we put them in a group, letting them know, hey, this is your responsibility. Our leader couple, they're just putting their kids to bed. And so they, so that's what's so great about like This serves so great for our leaders. We're like, oh, that's so awesome. We just put our kids to bed, and then we'll host the group. Um, the couples that have kids within the group, yeah, we, we talk with them through, hey, date night swaps. Can you do that with some other people? Do you have family in town that maybe could watch your kid on those nights? Um, on those off-week meetings, like when they're meeting just together as couples, one of the things we tell groups, if there's a couple in your group that has a kid and no one else does, what about if you just met at their house on the off-weeks? That, that, that would be something that would help them. If couples have kids during the midst of the process, like some of them are pregnant, any of them could get pregnant at any point in time. And so our leaders do a great job of saying, hey, we've got a pack and place set up in another room. You can lay your baby down if you need to. Just bring them. It just, there gets to a point, and we want to tell them to have that conversation on the front end, but there gets to a point where the kid doesn't need to be at the group. Okay? And it's just going, hey, that's nothing personal against you. It's just, it's not just you that that's impacting. One, you're trying to bounce a baby, and you're not really engaged, and then everyone else, like, has never seen a baby, really, and they're like, this is, what is, what, oh, my gosh. He's going to, yeah. So that's kind of how we, we try to handle that as best we can. So. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's definitely hindrance, there's challenges to having a kid and being in a group. I mean, you know, it's going to impact just flexibility of that couple compared to other couples. Um, and so this, it's stuff that's on the table. There's some places that offer these and they say, hey, married three years or less, no kids. And for us, we're just, we haven't gotten to that place, but we only have about 10% of our couples who have kids who try to walk through a foundation group. So, yeah, right here. Yeah, so we have that conversation too. Like from the beginning, that first night, expectations, one of the part of that is just, hey, so here's what's expected for foundation group. Um, if you would miss work for whatever you're trying to go to, that's a good excuse to miss foundation group. And so for the beginning, they kind of, okay. And so I've gone to visit groups, and I like, I'll walk in the room, and there's an iPad over here. I'm like, oh, who's that? I'm like, oh, that's Ted. He's a firefighter. His schedule rotates, but he skypes in when he can't make it. You know, or we let him know, hey, your spouse is sick. It'd be really easy to kind of go, yeah, we can't make it tonight. Well, why? Well, Shelly's sick. Okay, wait, you can come. You know, and it's like, and even more so. Or, hey, my husband's out of town. Well, even more so, you should probably be here. Like, how are you doing? Like, how's he doing? 
you know, give us an update of what's going on. So we just, we set the bar high, and we just go, hey, we expect that you would be that committed to the group. Um, if they're not, you know, if there's this kind of dragging along, it's like, hey, help us understand what's going on. Like, your non-involvement is impacting the group. And those are some of the hardest conversations to have, because it's like, well, I feel like I'm giving, okay, well, you're not. So here's what you committed to. And, and this trying to talk through, like, if you're committed to that, like, we're not going to lower the bar for someone that's dragging. Okay, we're going to kind of keep raising the bar. We're going to keep, keep it high and go, we want you to run here. We think this is the best thing for you. But if you're not, like, let's, let's stop playing games, okay? If you don't want to run with us here, then, then, then let's not do that. And so, you know, there's been people that have dropped out. There have been people that have moved. Like, we've had couples, one, time, one couple didn't process the decision to, like, move up to Minnesota. They get all the way up there, and then they're calling their leader going, like, I don't know what we've done. And like, okay, awesome. They're like, I think we're moving back. And it's like, okay, okay, great. You know, so the, that's conversation that group has to have because they're going, hey, you didn't trust us enough to help process that decision, and now you're trying to come, like, this needs to look different this time. Like, are you, at, and, and so just, we're always going to have those conversations. We're not just going to, like, let someone, like, kind of creep along, and the rest of the group will be like, what's going on over there? Like, they're never here. So we want to process that and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, at that point, they're done. So the transition, the way that transition looks, and it's 3.02, by the way, so if some of you need to leave, go for it. I think the session starts at 3.30. So I'm, I'll stay here and answer questions as long as I can, but if you're like, hey, I need to get up and go, feel free to get up and go. Um, yeah, so what, what we do at the transition, the group ends about 15 months. A little before that, we're trying to get them to, uh, hopefully the conversations are happening along the way, just as far as community and what that looks like moving forward. But if they decide to move together as a group, we want them to select a leader, like a, a, amongst their greatest among equals type deal. We let them know, hey, these groups that are most successful, it's shared responsibility within the group. And so like our group, they would rotate leadership every month, and so they're planning the different times. We try to do that intentionally so that when they were done, they would feel that shared responsibility. Um, when they do that, they say, hey, this is the couple that's going to be the point of contact for Watermark. So what I'm doing then is emailing the married community team. Hey, we've got a foundation group. They're transitioning. Here's the leader couple. And then that director is then reaching out and saying, hey, I'm now your married community director. And so that's who they're going to go to with curriculum with crisis if that hits. That director will then do an assessment with them about six months in maybe and just go, hey, kind of where's the group at? Where could you grow? What do you need to be challenged in? Um, and so that's how that transition happens. The leader couple, while they drop out, those couples still are going to go back to them, right? Because there's just so much experience there. And so our leaders just do a great job. I have a leader that he's led three groups um, in this past group. After he led this past group, they said, hey, we're going to take a little break. Uh, but I'm going to do a men's discipleship with all the three guys that came through my previous groups. And so he, just, he did that, dug in. Kadersh's, when they're on a break from groups, they usually invite their other groups over and just kind of, hey, come, let's go to dinner, let's go hang out. Um, so leaders do a good job of tracking with that. But yeah, there's, there's typically, hey, lead 15 months, and then there's kind of this, I'll probably skip a kickoff and I might come back and lead again. Or sometimes people jump from foundation group, they'll go lead a merge for a session, and those will go do some different stuff. But yeah. You want to go right here? Yeah, so we do four to six is kind of what we say. Six is high. 
Um, and that, I try to avoid that as best I can. I've found that five is usually best for us, like we're where we're at, because you've got a lot of couples who, um, you know, if one couple moves, you've still got four. If I put four in a group and one couple moves, then we end up with three, and it just starts to feel like that synergy's kind of gone a little bit. And so we, uh, that's kind of where we land with that. And as far as putting couples in groups, I'd say five is, is probably been optimum. And then you've got the, that's five couples, and you've got a mentor couple on top of that. So does that make sense? And so that's on the on that back side of that sheet. You've got that in there too. So yeah. Boundaries with the, their own relationships. You're saying, yeah. So you are you is your concern like a husband and a wife, another wife, that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so boundaries is definitely something we talk about with couples is, is creating good boundaries. I mean, that's just the openness and honesty. Like we tell our leaders all the time, like, hey, you're not gonna be, um, you know, you're not gonna be calling a female. You know, you're not gonna be sitting down with a female alone. You're not gonna be you know, when you shoot emails to people. Like a husband wouldn't shoot an email just to a wife of somebody else. Like it's always like, hey, you've got to copy, you know, copy the spouse on that. Um, so those are types of things that we've we've set up in place to kind of say, hey, and you're not, you know, part of stuff we talk about in merge, part of stuff we talk about in foundation is just, hey, boundaries that you would put in place, right? So there's not even a hint that that you know you make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires, and so so that's kind of. Yeah, I mean, and that's stuff that in accountability, I mean, you're just going, hey, that's, yeah, that that's stuff that you'd be sharing, and yeah, just protecting relationship. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Where do the couples come from? Um, so 67% of the couples who come through our kickoff went, went through merge here at Watermark, our premarital stuff. Um, if you notice, I mean, the porch, young adult stuff that was happening on, did any of you guys come in Tuesday night? If you were here Tuesday night, the porch is like a big young adult gathering that JP leads. So a lot of them are, are here at Watermark through that. Um, a lot of them, when they get married, um, they'll show up here just because friends have said, hey, that's, that's the place when you're newly married. You want to you wanna go there because they've got, they've got community groups for newly married couples. And so a lot of them, there's kind of this progression, young adult, then go to merge, then from merge they jump into a foundation group. Um, so that's uh, probably the most of them that come through. I mean, I'm not, I'm not promoting these outside of our church because they're for, they're for members here. Um, but people hear that word of mouth, and then we get to then have the conversation to make sure they know, hey, I'm great with you wanting to jump into one of these groups here, but they are, they are for members here. And so they're going, oh, well, we go over here. I'm like, awesome. Can you, I, I would sit down with anybody on that staff. I would sit down with any leader who might want to lead that group for you, and I would help them get these things established there, but you need to be shepherded um, at your church, not 
not over here. So does that help at all? The foundation groups? No, yeah, there's not, wouldn't be a non-Christian type person. So if, if, you're, if you're jumping in and you're wanting some marriage help, but you're not a believer, a lot of people would then jump into a re-engage here. That's kind of a good, because it's a weekly, you know, every Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30, you could jump into that type of deal. And then we do newly married events quarterly that we, I use our foundation groups mainly as a way to kind of tell people about those events. And so, but I encourage our foundation group couples to invite friends and neighbors and people that don't know Jesus to come in and maybe talk about kind of a felt need that they have in marriage. Um, and so they would go to those types of events. And then the hope is, and then there's just, there's so many other avenues of, like where people would jump in who weren't believers here. Um, so like a regen, a re-engage, and, and some of those different areas. Yeah. Thank you. Good question. Anybody else? All right. Thank you guys for sitting in and, uh, yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoy the last session. So thanks for coming in.